The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Thanks a lot for being with us at the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planner, Greg Cooley here, along with certified financial planner, Bubba Labus, with you right here on Super Talk Radio. We appreciate all of our sponsors for making this possible, and we appreciate all of our listeners for, uh, well, for listening and for being there. Now, Bubba, most of the time, we're trying to give professional advice for your life, and uh, I think most of the time it's pretty credible, up-to-the-date, right-on-point stuff. And, you know, as certified financial planners, there's six or seven parts of your financial Mm -hmm. plan, everything from cash flow management and investments and estate plans and tax planning and all that stuff stuff that we throw at people yeah. but every once in a while i like to come out of left field are you gonna uh talk about our april fool's day well uh, no okay not but you can i'll yeah. give you a chance right. to talk about that one um what i'm going to talk about today is weird things people do with their money mm-hmm. weird things okay so i know we probably have a lot of people listening who are oprah winfrey fans okay She's from this part of the world, you know, made it famous. Forbes estimates that she's worth $2.5 billion. Mm-hmm. With a B, billion. Yep. billion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's been successful. Sure. God bless yep. her. Great American success story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, would you call her... Having been in the entertainment business, having been in the information business, the news business, well, just in the you know back of your top of your mind, when I say Oprah Winfrey, what would you? I would say, without a doubt, say entertainment. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, she started out mm-hmm. uh, doing news and that sort of thing and being a reporter, but uh, found her niche, mm-hmm. and maybe something we all need to be thinking about. Right. What do you do well? You know, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life, those mm-hmm. sorts of things. But I found out something about Oprah. Okay. You know she's leaving $30 million to her dogs? To her dogs. Yeah. Okay. $30 million yeah. to three dogs. Now you say, that is out. Outrageous. But if you're worth $2.5 billion Mm -hmm. and you love these dogs and you want them taken care of and you want them uh, overseen if you're not here, is it it unreasonable? I mean, $30 million is a lot of money. Yeah, it's unreasonable. (laughs) Yes, I'll say it. Uh, It's a lot Mm -hmm. of money, man. What Uh, is this $30 million supposed to do? Well, it's supposed to be kept in a trust fund. Okay. And these animals are supposed to be taken care of. They're supposed to have a place to live. I don't know if they get their own apartment in downtown Chicago. I, I you know, I haven't mm-hmm. seen the specifics of the trust, but they're supposed to get premium veterinarian care and premium right. food and watering and exercise and mm-hmm. all these stipulations that you put in a trust. Sure. Thirty 
million dollars. Mm-hmm. All right, so let me ask you this. Let's say Daddy Warbucks Phil over there has $30 million. Mm-hmm. And he says to you, Bubba, I want to put in a trust and I don't want to spend the interest, but I want you to reasonably invest it. How much money a year would $30 million reasonably yield? Uh, so reasonably, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. what do you think, $1.2 million? Yeah. I'd say $100,000 a month. Easily. $25,000 a week. So my question is this, mm-hmm. right? How do I become a veterinarian <laughs> and the trustee of that trust so that I can look after these animals yeah. for $1.2 million? And I'd give them the greatest lifestyle. Ooh, We'd imagine? go on vacations together. <laughs> you know, we would yeah. we would fly private wherever we, we went on vacation. We? Yeah. yeah, we'd go yeah. to Alaska and we'd go fishing. Yeah, I'd let yeah. them put a leash on me. I exactly. mean, my goodness. You know? <laughs> huh? Thirty million, thirty million dollars, right, and a hundred thousand dollars a month. I mean, hmm? they those dogs would eat good too. Yeah, oh, I would goodness, think. yeah, yeah. I mean, you may be able to hire them a chef, right? They well, absolutely, have, you would. You'd huh? have to. Yeah, hot meals, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Nothing out of a bag, baby. It would be hard <laughs> to spend a hundred thousand dollars a month, huh? On a dog? On dogs? Huh? Yeah, yeah. All right, now, you you admittedly said to me, you used the words outrageous, mm-hmm. didn't you? About I did. two minutes yeah. ago. You said that's outrageous. Mm-hmm. Well, we haven't touched the tip of the ice. All right. This, this ought to be a fun show. Then. Absolutely. Yeah. Taylor Swift's cat. Okay. Called Olivia. Mm-hmm. Is now worth not having to wait for Mama Oprah to die. Yeah. But is now worth ninety-seven million. Taylor Swift's cat, Olivia, Olivia is worth ninety-seven million dollars. How? Uh, Taylor Swift gives a certain percentage of her sales, of her records, mm-hmm. albums, entertainment, whatever, her budget or whatever, goes into a trust fund for Olivia. Okay. And at this point, according to Forbes, it's worth ninety-seven million. If you said thirty million would yield about a mm-hmm. hundred thousand a month, yeah, thirty is about one third, less yeah. than one third of ninety-seven. Mm-hmm. You're getting three hundred thousand dollars a month for a cat. Now, don't get me wrong, you know I'm an animal lover, but, right? Huh? huh? There's got to be something else going on here mm-hmm. with putting money in in the name of a trust. For mm-hmm. a pet or an animal that that would be mm-hmm. beneficial tax for tax reasons, or <laughs> I I don't get it. I don't. It, something's not clicking here. What is it? Yeah, yeah. Why would they do that? Why? Well, first I'm sure they love their animals. Mm-hmm. I love my animal. You know, but little Ellie, she's real smart, and mm-hmm. she she does mostly what I tell her to. Uh, I'm not going to specifically name her in my will. Yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. going to take for granted that my wife and daughters are going to keep her in the lifestyle to sure. which she's grown accustomed. That's right. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Maybe I need to have a conversation with my children and say, look, you know, you guys don't know how good you've got it right now. I could leave money to our animals uh, instead of you guys. There you go. And yeah. I'm sure there are attorneys and mm-hmm. trust officers and trust departments out there that kind of uh, specialize in this. Certainly. 
know, before we go mm-hmm. to break, we have talked about Oprah's dogs and we've talked about Olivia uh, Taylor Swift's cat, mm-hmm. Betty White's golden retriever Pontiac mm-hmm. got five million dollars. Yeah. All right. Now that's a little more reasonable. That's a little more reasonable. When you compare like it to Oprah <laughs> and Taylor <laughs> Swift, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So what we're going to talk about today is what is reasonable mm-hmm. for you to do with your money while you're alive and when you're gone from the Advisors Roundtable. On Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Bubba Labus and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio. So we're talking about what's reasonable. You know, really. What's reasonable for you to do with your money? Now, obviously, in the first segment, we use some extreme examples of very, very wealthy people. Taylor Swift, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Betty White, um, and most of us are not at that level. You know, we're not worth $2.5 billion, and we, we don't have 30, 90, what, $5 million for our, our animals. But is it reasonable for me to um, to spend money on vacations, absolutely, I think it is. Would you say it's necessary? Um, I don't know about necessary. Okay. Now, I think there could be arguments made that uh, you you there is a necessity. It's even in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a day of rest, mm-hmm. right? So I think mm-hmm. it's a. a um, I think it could be argued that it's necessary okay to have a day of rest or a time of relaxation and rest and rejuvenation whatever it may be right so i think vacation definitely falls in that right now whether you go to tahiti right you know that that's a, a yeah. financial personal or you go to tishomingo state park and right. you know right. put up a tent and, and relax for a couple of days reading a book right but that's uh, that's reasonable to expect. Sure. Now, uh, do those things cost money? Yes, they do. Um, what's the reasonable amount that a person should spend on something like that? I if, think I think that's going to vary between uh, people and families. Okay. Right? All right. Uh, you know, some Oprah. people some people would say whatever my tax refund is going to be, that's what we're sending on vacation <laughs> yeah. or spending on vacation, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, other people have a budgeted amount. They okay. may say we're going to spend two uh, percent of our overall income uh, on a vacation or vacations and entertainment for the year. I like doing it that way mm-hmm. because you know, Daddy Warbucks Phil sitting over here worth mega millions, right? You know, if we do 2% of his, he can take you and me to Hawaii. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. But 2% of somebody making minimum wage, man, right. it, you, it may be the afternoon at Tishomingo State Park. Sure. But I think vacations and, are, are... And are, both individuals may have just as good a time well, yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, da- Daddy Warbucks over here probably will go to Tishomingo State Park as opposed to Hawaii. <laughs> Which is why he's Daddy Warbucks, right? You know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. But I like the percentage thing Mm -hmm. because when we help people with their budgets, we start with some reasonable percentages for a lot of things. Sure, we do. What's it reason? What's a reasonable percentage for somebody to spend on housing? Uh, Yeah, twenty five percent. Okay, so if you maybe thirty percent. Okay, so if you make 
you know, two thousand dollars mm-hmm. a month, somewhere around five, six, seven hundred dollars a month is That's a right. reasonable amount mm-hmm. for you to spend on rent or house payment. That's right. So if we're going to start there with some percentages mm-hmm. of what's reasonable for me to spend my money on, it's reasonable to know that I'm going to spend a certain percentage on taxes. That's right. A reasonable percentage should be spent mm-hmm. on food and utilities and my retirement. Mm-hmm. Now. That number changes based on my age, though, doesn't it? The percentage. I think the number changes based on age as well as the overall amount of income okay. that you have. All right. Related to retirement savings. Well, retirement, retirement savings, housing. Uh, so I'll give you an example, okay. right? right? You used an example of somebody uh, making $2,000 a month, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Spending uh, $600 Okay. Somewhere thereabouts mm-hmm. on housing, right. right? Right. What about somebody who makes $20,000 a month? Mm-hmm. Should they be spending $6,000 a month on housing? Ooh. I mean, that's that's a pretty nice palatial spread there <laughs> if, you, if you think about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. You know, what could you buy with a $6,000 mortgage payment? Ooh. Can, yeah. Right. Because, you know, a $1,000 mortgage payment will... Mm-hmm. Get you a one to two hundred thousand dollar abode. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Even at these interest rates. Sure. So six thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where some. People... And I'm not saying that either one is is right or wrong. Mm, good I'm, place. I'm to saying start. that you know, based on income, uh, if you have a higher income, maybe some of those percentage should percentages should be decreased. Okay. All right. All right. And if you got a lower income, it mm. might take up more uh-huh. of that income to live in a certain place. Yeah, so 20 to 25% is a good place for you to think. It's a good start. It's a, a reasonable mm. yeah. number That's to right. start with. But go back to that percentage thing related to vacations. Mm-hmm. I like to we like to work it into budgets, don't we? Absolutely we do. Even I if think it, it's important because if you don't budget it in, mm-hmm. Then where are you taking the money from Mm. to go on vacation? Uh, Well, you're putting it on a credit card. You're borrowing it. um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're Mm -hmm. you're utilizing Mm -hmm. uh, every bit of your um, your tax refund Mm -hmm. to go on vacation. Mm -hmm. You know, why not do it like a Christmas club? Okay, save a little bit every month or every out of every paycheck. Well, that's a really good Mm -hmm. idea. Uh, when we talk to people about their budget and their cash flow management, some of these suggestions, do they look at you like, oh, Eureka, yeah. voila, nobody's ever said that to I've me. never done it that way before. Right. Mm-hmm. But working it in as a budgeted item, first of all, will help you maybe mm-hmm. control the, the expenditure itself. That's right. But the next thing that it will do is maybe make it intentional. We're going to do it, darling. Absolutely. Because I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you, if you take $2 out of every 100 that my wife earns mm-hmm. and put it in an account that says it's vacation, guess what your rear end's going to do at You're the going end? on vacation. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling mm-hmm. you. Right? Right. And that's reasonable. But it made it intentional, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something you need to work in. If not, 
just for the financial consideration of it, but also for the psychological, spiritual, mm-hmm. personal, all those other things you get out of having right. vacations. So we've talked about a reasonable expenditure on housing. Mm-hmm. We talked about reasonable expenditures on food and reasonable expenditures on vacation. What are the, some things that we find that are outlandishly sometimes expended that are out of the norm of the, being reasonable? So, uh, all right. So, real quickly here, I think some of the things that that become outlandish are the the small things. Ooh. All right. Uh, going through and buying that coffee every single day. Oh. You know, you may not think it's much, mm-hmm. but it adds up to big, big dollars at the end of the year yeah. when they're accumulated together. Yeah. You know. Um, and I've used this example many, many times working on a budget with an individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had an overall income of, I'm going to say $3,000 a month. And, and this was a number of years ago. Right. And they were spending somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to $800 going out to fast food restaurants per month. Whoa, whoa. Let, let's do the, the percentage calculation there. Yeah. Let's say it's 700 mm-hmm. of 3,000. Yep. Mm-hmm. Man. Because a quarter of three thousand mm-hmm. is about seven fifty, right? So they were spending close to a quarter, twenty to twenty-two percent or so of their overall income on fast food restaurants. Did they know they were doing? They that? did not know that until I showed them the black and white. I was like, "Look, this is this is why you don't have any money. Mm. This is where it's all going." Mm. And you yeah. think, you know, there's no mm-hmm. way I could do that. Yeah. But let's think about it. Could I spend two to ten dollars on a breakfast somewhere pulling through? Uh, I think I think two dollars is very low. Mm-hmm. I think you're looking at a minimum of four to five dollars, and probably upwards of eight dollars for a breakfast. So let's make it easy. We're going to do quick math. Use five. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Lunch. Is it reasonable to spend five to fifteen on that? I'm not, yeah, let's let's average ten. Okay, okay? so we've already spent fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Dinner tonight. Fifteen if you go out to dinner somewhere. Okay. And that might be low. All right. So we've spent thirty to thirty-five dollars mm-hmm. yeah. per day. Mm-hmm. Multiply that times thirty days. Right. Mm-hmm. That's eight or nine hundred bucks easily, just like that. And I can do mm-hmm. that because I. And put that's it- just for one individual. You know, think oh. if you've got a family of four. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It would add up, wouldn't it? It does. Right? And sometimes these things that, you know, we're not really thinking mm-hmm. about how reasonable we're spending mm-hmm. our money, but it happens kind of sands through the hourglass right. thing. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the month, as you said, we have no money. Now, uh, I can be aware of this Mm -hmm. and now i can say okay what's a reasonable amount bubba tell me what a reasonable amount is for me to spend on food okay you can come up with a a percentage for that right we can yeah but if i'm making three thousand dollars a month and Mm -hmm. i'm spending seven eight nine hundred eating out yeah i probably don't have much in my 401k i probably don't Mm -hmm. have much in the savings account I probably am not prepared when the transmission starts making a weird thing. That's true. So just asking myself, what's reasonable? Mm-hmm. And am I aware of it? 
Now, after this next break, we're going to come back and talk about what's reasonable for you to work into your estate plan. If Oprah is giving away $30 million, what should you be thinking about giving away? From the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. We appreciate you for hanging in there with us at the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Cooley and Labus, with you here on Supertalk Radio. So, Bubba, we're talking about, you know, what's reasonable. Um, you know, Oprah is going to leave $30 million to two or three dogs and... Taylor Swift's cat's already worth getting close to $100 million. Uh, And that's cool if you're a billionaire, I guess. But what's reasonable for the average person? Now, I am assuming, because, you know, these reports that I have read came from Forbes and Wealth Mm -hmm. Advisor and Trust Advisor and various magazines and publications that I'm privy to. I'm assuming that all this is written up in black and white related to Oprah's dogs and the trust fund, Mm -hmm. right? And so, uh, you know, if you're going to put $30 million somewhere for somebody or something or some entity, I'm sure you you want it wrapped up with a little bow and make it legal. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming the people who are listening to us who are intending to be reasonable with their estate plan have their documents in order. I'm assuming that. that. That's a mighty big assumption. Yep. Now, why do you say it's mighty big? Well, the uh, assumption that is. I, I would say, and this is an, uh, an overgeneralization, uh, people may have in mind what they want to do with their estate plan, but until you get it on, on paper in black and white and it's uh, properly executed, so mm-hmm. to speak, they've just got like a wish and a prayer. Uh. So my assumption that they've done it, right? They've actually executed it properly and legally, is probably a inaccurate. Stretch. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. Percentage-wise, the state of Mississippi alone, mm-hmm. only thirty percent of men over the age of twenty-one have a properly executed will. I'm surprised it's that high. Thirty yeah. percent of grown men. Mm-hmm. What about women? What about you know right. couples? Uh, you throw that in there too. Mm-hmm. It's still not going to be much more than thirty percent for right. anybody. So why doesn't Phil want to do this? Why don't why don't his contemporary? Why don't my why, why don't my friends do it? You have to uh, contemplate and think about your own death and demise. Ooh. And many times individuals uh, have this attitude that if they think about it, that it will come true. <laughs> Well, let me go ahead and, you know, rip the Band-Aid off. It's going to come true. It's going to. Yeah. Right? You just don't know when. Yeah. 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 It's not like you're opening Pandora's box. Right. You know, that, mm-hmm. that, was, that was actually just a story in a book, right? That's right. Uh, it's, you don't have that much control of it, probably. Mm-hmm. And so talking about it, not necessarily going to hasten it. Right. Okay? Because there have been a lot of preachers talking about the good mm-hmm. Lord coming back for 2,000 years. Yep. And they said they hadn't hastened it. It says, mm-hmm. you know... It's up to him. Right. And there are a lot of people in the last election talked about this red wave. Mm-hmm. And all these Republicans going to take over Congress, both houses. Mm-hmm. and Them talking about it didn't make it happen. Did not happen. Yeah. Right. There are a lot of people talk about their football mm-hmm. team and they're going to be good this year. Mm-hmm. Talking about it didn't make it happen. So probably you talking about your will is not going to necessarily make mm-hmm. it happen. Uh, and it is one of the reasonable things you need to be doing. So while I'm talking about these things, and I'm assuming you have the documents, well, let's talk just for a moment 
a properly executed estate plan has mm-hmm. three or four documents, right? It does. Yeah, and I, I think in the most basic sense, uh, you would have a will. Okay. So a will basically uh, that designates or, or tells who is, is going to get your things when you die. Okay. Where does your stuff go when you die? Okay. And who's okay. responsible for putting it there? And who's and responsible for it. putting it there? Right? That's right. Okay. The second component is going to be a health care directive. Mm-hmm. Who's responsible for making health-related decisions for you mm-hmm. while you're still alive? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they can't do much for you when you're dead, right? <laughs> and then the last one is uh, a power of attorney. Mm-hmm. Who makes decisions for you if you're not able to make decisions on your own? Like from a business point of from view, business point of view. Okay, file my are you, tax. Are return. you allowed to, to, you know, file a tax return? You know, uh, act on behalf of somebody's bank account mm-hmm. or investment accounts. Mm-hmm. Move money from here to there. Pay bills. Yeah. Right. So while I'm thinking about morbid stuff, I'll at least get these three or four things put together. That's right. right? Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to assume that people have these things, and in their will or in their trust mm-hmm. or something. You've got the prerogative to be reasonable or not. Right. I mean, you and I have read them before and seen people where they tried to leave their children Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. So that's a good point that you bring up, Mm -hmm. leaving or disinheriting somebody, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, I I would say in doing an estate plan, Mm -hmm. and I'm not an attorney, right, Mm -hmm. but uh, this is what I think is probably a better option. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to disinherit somebody, maybe so I'm your child and you're mad at me. Yeah. And I'm okay. mad at you or, right. you know, whatever. I don't want to leave you anything. Mm-hmm. Or I felt like I've given you enough during your lifetime and while I was alive, that mm-hmm. you don't need anything else. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, there are really a couple of ways to address that. Okay. In your will, you need to specifically say, I am disinheriting <laughs> Greg Cooley. <laughs> Because during his lifetime, I have given him X amount or a certain amount of assets and help along the way. And I think it's unfair to his brothers that I leave any more to him, you know. Or if you really want to disinherit somebody, I've seen it written this way, where you give them $10. All right? <laughs> While I'm leaving this guy a million and While this guy 500000 I'll right? leave this guy $10. So why $10? You have specifically named somebody in that will, mm-hmm. and you have specifically given a dollar amount to leave to that, which mm-hmm. is very intentional, right? And if the will were contested... I can't say that you forgot me. I, you can't say that I forgot you. Okay. Yeah. All right, so let's say you've got all that mm-hmm. stuff in there, and you've named who's going to get what, and mm-hmm. you know, you've, you've really thought about it, and you've got the percentages in there... And all, is it reasonable for me to leave something to a charity? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely reasonable. If, if it's your intent to do so. Okay. All right. And there are a number of people yeah. who do this all the time. I, I can't, Every day. I can't tell you how many uh, estate plans that I see that include charities okay. in their estate plan. Okay. And uh, sometimes the charities are aware of this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the charities are not aware right. mm-hmm. of this. Sometimes your family's aware of this. Right. Sometimes, Sometimes your family's not, not aware of it. Yeah. Aware of this. When people uh, are in your office and you're reviewing with them, mm-hmm. and you're sitting talking to them, maybe other family members, maybe their attorney, and you see this thing about charity, what's the reason? What's the, why do they say they 
you know, want to give to that specific, what, what do you hear? You know, it, it's typically or usually something that really resonates with that individual. Okay. Maybe they volunteered at this organization. Uh, maybe they've got a pension in their heart to, to help support this organization for whatever they're doing. You know, whether that be the the animal shelter or the local theater or the cancer society or, you know, uh, 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 helping, you know, underserved youth in the community, Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. a church. It it doesn't matter what charity is. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whatever they have a, uh, I guess, uh, an affinity towards. Okay, All right. And uh, you see percentages and dollar amounts. I do. Specified. Mm hmm. And that's reasonable. Yeah. Is it advisable? Now, there's, you know, the, for some people, is it yeah. advisable? And for other people, if you know their personalities, is it reasonable? I mean, I, so I think uh, reasonable and advisable are two different things, mm-hmm. right? They can, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it gets to the advisable portion, what, you know, mm-hmm. whatever's reasonable. It's not really for me to judge. Okay. You know, Oprah Winfrey is, is giving uh, $30 million to her dogs. And, you know, you put it out there on the airways. Yeah. You're the one that used the you yeah. know, the, the, the word. I said, said it was outrageous. Outrageous. Yeah. So if the word gets back yeah. to Oprah uh-huh. that Bubba says yeah. it's outrageous. Yeah. But, again, it's not my money. Nope. It's not something that I would do. But to mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey, yep. maybe it seems perfectly logical and reasonable for her to do that. And the woman's worth $2.5 yeah. And if she wants to, who am I to tell her what to do with her money? Yeah, right? it's just your opinion. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a little outrageous. Now, I would say this, though. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to charities, mm-hmm. the advisable portion, right? Yeah. Maybe there are certain things that are better left to charity as opposed to other things in an individual's That's estate. That's where I wanted to go. Yeah. So let's say Daddy Warbucks mm-hmm. Phil over here has two, a $2 million estate. Mm-hmm. He's got real estate and he's got retirement accounts and mm-hmm. he's got savings and maybe he's got some timber land and may, you know, some gold stuck sure. under the mattress mm-hmm. somewhere. Uh, what's more advisable for him to give to a charity? I, I would say the retirement accounts, mm-hmm. without a doubt, uh, for a couple of reasons. Okay. Right? So, number one, anybody that would inherit those retirement accounts is going to pay tax on those. Any person. Any person is going to so, pay tax. So, you know, tax. he's naming you and me somewhere in this document. I sure right? hope so. All right. Yeah. So, if if he named me mm-hmm. as beneficiary of his $500,000 IRA, Right. What does that mean to me? It means that you've got a five hundred thousand uh, dollar income that's going to come to you at some point. You're going to owe tax on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if he the leaves, net of it all is it, it just created a hundred thousand dollar tax bill to you. Probably did. So I really he didn't mm-hmm. leave me five hundred thousand right. dollars. Oh, by the way, you owe me a hundred thousand dollars over yeah. there, Daddy Warbucks. Right? Because you said you're going to leave me yeah. five hundred thousand. But if he leaves his retirement account or IRA or whatever to a charity, uh, yeah. the charity does not pay tax. Uh, so he actually benefited the charity more than he would have uh, if he had just left them cash outright. And if he wants to really give mm-hmm. me $500,000, mm-hmm. he can give me other assets. Give you other assets. Maybe right. his life insurance, mm-hmm. maybe his house, maybe mm-hmm. his checking account, something like maybe that. Maybe his investment account. So it was reasonable for him to leave it to a charity, mm-hmm. but it was advisable once he decided the mm-hmm. reasonability 
of it mm-hmm. that this particular asset right. is what he should leave. And we're going to go to break and continue this discussion here. What's reasonable? From the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planner Greg Cooley, along with Certified Financial Planner Bubba Labus here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, we've been talking about what's reasonable and what's advisable. Specifically, we're talking about leaving money to a charity in your estate plan. All right. Now, if I wanted to do that, let's say, or Daddy Warbucks over there, he's got this $500,000 IRA. And he heard us talking. He's like, you know, I was Mm going to leave that to Greg, but I don't want to leave him a tax bill. So I'll leave him $500,000 worth of my timberland or of my life insurance. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to leave that $500,000 IRA to a charity. Right. Mechanically, practically work me through that and some considerations related to that. Well, what I was going to say before we went to break is I think another benefit to leaving an IRA account Mm -hmm. uh, to charity is that you can easily change it. Because he didn't change the ownership. He's still the man in charge. It's still still his IRA. Right. Right. And uh, until he dies, Mm -hmm. everything is going to be in in his control. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And he can change beneficiaries with one form. As opposed to when you talk about an estate plan, there are multiple documents involved and that sort of thing. If he were to change his will, for instance, Mm -hmm. or uh, amend a trust, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a little bit more involved to do that as opposed to just signing one form to change the beneficiary on his IRA account. And maybe expensive. And expensive. Could be, yeah. Because let's say he has a half million dollar IRA at Mm -hmm. Fidelity or Charles Schwab or Vanguard. Mm Mm-hmm. He's a million or half a million dollar client of theirs. That's right. He can probably call them up or his advisor mm-hmm. and say, hey, send me a change of beneficiary form. Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to charge him much, if anything. Probably not anything, I wouldn't think. But if he wants to change his will and do a codicil, mm-hmm. or if he wants to change his trust and do an amendment, mm-hmm. he wants it right, right? Yeah. And he wants it which is going to involve a professional, mm-hmm. which is going to probably involve at least a draft, a review, a finalization, mm-hmm. and then an execution. Which sounds expensive or well, costly. Yeah. It, it's going to yeah. cost him something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fifty to five thousand dollars. It's according Correct. to how much money we're talking about and how sure. detailed he wants right. to get. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but it, uh, the point is, it's reasonable to think about charities. Mm-hmm. It's reasonable maybe even to think about your puppy. Right. As long as you don't go over a certain percentage of your right. net worth, or Bubba's yeah. going to tell you it's outrageous. Mm-hmm. But sure, uh, uh, these things are reasonable. Mm-hmm. And some things related to the reasonability of it are is the practicality and the advisability mm-hmm. of it and exactly how to execute and do it yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, when you tell people that, hey, you wanted to do this, but you could do it this way better, are they receptive? Usually, yeah. Especially if they know that it's going to save them a little bit of time, money, and effort. Mm-hmm. And maybe have their wishes come true and, right. and be what and, they want. And have their uh, their wishes fulfilled in a, in a uh, much more uh, expedient manner. Okay. Yeah. And these days? Mm-hmm. I want what I want, and I want it when I want it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Isn't that what, yeah. kind of the way? I want patience, and I want it now. <laughs> right? Give it to yeah. me. 
right? Um, so if, if this is my a- attitude and this is my wish and, and these are the, the, the mechanisms by which I can do that, I, I think it's very reasonable for us mm-hmm. to think about doing that. Now, speaking of the reasonability of an estate plan, you know, we talked about the documents mm-hmm. and how to get them and to have them executed. Where is it reasonable for me to keep them? Um, so there are a number of places, right? Okay. I would recommend someplace where you know that they are and somebody else who's going to be, uh, serving in some of the capacities like executor or administrator or anything like that Mm. would know where they are as well. All right. So these are physical pieces of paper, right? Right. Okay. So do you put them in the lockbox at the bank? Mm-hmm. Maybe, but if you do, then who else has access to that lockbox? Who uh, else can get into it, uh, right? Exactly. Do you put them in the safe at home? Do you even have a safe at home, mm-hmm. right? Do you put them in a file cabinet? Well, what if your house burns? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a number of different considerations that you need to do. Do you mm-hmm. keep them uh, at your attorney's office, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, a, a number of different options there that you could choose. But I would say generally you want to have it uh, in a place where it's accessible mm-hmm. to the individuals who would need it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and easily accessible, I think, would be another another caveat. There. Right, you know, when you say easily accessible, yeah. Daddy Warbucks over here has this mm-hmm. will. He's got you and me and his brothers yep. and all that stuff named in there, maybe a charity or two or something. But since he has like a 20,000-pound vault at his house, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that he goes swimming and all his gold coins in every afternoon. Right. I would need the combination to that. Uh-huh. And is he willing to give me that combination? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would hope so if I'm administering his estate, yeah, right? He's, yeah. he's trusting me for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody needs to know where all this stuff is. Mm-hmm. It's reasonable that you tell somebody. Sure. Are, once people get these things done, are, are, are they pretty open to sharing this or sometimes they feel it's so private that there are people who pass away and we can't find their will yeah i've seen it both ways yeah Mm -hmm. and i I think you need to speaking of being reasonable Mm -hmm. i I think you need to revisit that your spouse needs to know where the lockbox key Mm -hmm. is okay maybe your executor Mm -hmm. needs to know the combination to this thing or that thing here's here's one modern age Passwords. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yep. There are a number of things that might need to get done that mm-hmm. have online uh, IDs and passwords. Sure. How to get into this account. Mm-hmm. How to make contact with this person. What did you put in that file folder? Uh, very important for us to think about that in the 21st right. century, too. Mm-hmm. So where do you keep all your passwords? Um, yeah, right here in between my ears. Yeah. If I can remember them. Yeah. Um, so some individuals have, uh, an apps that they use. Okay. Uh, and I think last pass is one, one application, um, that helps manage your passwords. Okay. Right. Um, but you got to update them, but you've got to update them. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these apps will update them for you Mm -hmm. and you just basically maintain one master password. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, which could be beneficial, Mm -hmm. but then again, somebody still needs to know that master password Mm -hmm. to get into things. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, and and it's reasonable 
that you mm-hmm. are expected to keep up with this. Right. And it's reasonable that somebody else expects for you to let them know where the key is, where the password mm-hmm. is. Uh, here's something we find out a lot in estates. Some people don't have any idea, even m- members of your family, right? where all the accounts are. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, we'll read an obituary mm-hmm. and see where, you know, John Doe died. Mm-hmm. And within the next week or two, somebody's called me up and mm-hmm. say, do you have any accounts for John Doe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been looking all over town and it says mm-hmm. that he's going to leave such and such stock to so-and-so, yeah. but we can't find the certificates and we don't know where he holds right. it. Right. And so sharing some of this information is also a reasonable mm-hmm. part of this as well. And, and knowing- if you have those double secret and triple secret accounts, you at least need to write down where they are, right? <laughs> yeah. And some of us do. Uh-huh. Some of us have some accounts that, you know, you don't necessarily want your kids knowing how much money you're spending mm-hmm. on golf. Right. Huh? Mm-hmm. So you put, you know, you, you transfer a little bit of money here and there, mm-hmm. or you take it out in cash and then walk it over and deposit mm-hmm. it somewhere. Yep. I mean, there are a number of ways we're living our lives mm-hmm. right now that maybe we need to stop back and say, mm-hmm. is this reasonable? Because here's something Bubba said earlier. I'm going to die. Right. I may have accidents. I may get sick. I don't need to behave as if it's it's unreasonable for me to behave as if I'm going to live forever. Right? Last reasonable thing I want to point out in the last minute here from the advisors roundtable related to this is that not only do I need to have the documents and not only does everybody need to know where the documents are, I need to review them Mm -hmm. fairly often. Yeah, regularly. Okay. So what does regularly mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Anytime you have a life event happen, mm-hmm. a birth, a death, uh, a marriage, a divorce, mm-hmm. any kind of major life event, mm-hmm. possibly even a job change, okay. right? Okay. You need to review those documents. Okay. And at a minimum, probably every four to five years. Okay. Now, most of the time, I can do this on my own. Right. I can pull out the will and say, now, what did I say about yeah. that? Who did I leave that yeah. to? That's Is there right. anything that's changed in a major way from the last time I did it? But part of the administration mm-hmm. of this is this ongoing mm-hmm. checking it, updating, right. and sometimes doing mm-hmm. it with your attorney, advisor, right. accountant, friend. And I say at a minimum every four or five years because laws do change. They do. They do. All right. So I hope we learned something here about what's reasonable from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting 
consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.